Welcome to Picks with the Professor, the podcast where a real statistics professor and his friend Jake and special guest Chris gives you sports betting tips. I'm Professor Sides. You can follow me and find all my picks on Twitter at Professor Sides. You can follow my friend Jake on Twitter at my friend underscore Jake. And you can follow our guest Chris on Twitter at Hot Tip Bets Chris. He also does daily college basketball shows on his YouTube channel, Hot Tip Bets. Links are in the description. Today, is Tuesday, March 8th, 2022, and this episode covers today's best college basketball bets. Chris, how you doing? Welcome back. Good. Happy to be back. Got some conference championships today. Um, you know, some some of the smaller conferences, but some still interesting games, I think. So um, happy to be here. Yeah, we had a couple fun ones last night. Uh, I don't know why there are six tonight, and I think only one tomorrow. You'd have thought that they could spread those out a little bit better. There were only 10 games last night, could have spread something out. It doesn't really make a lot of sense to me, but, you know, they don't put me in charge of the schedule like this. Yeah, you'd think some of these smaller conferences could do a little bit better job trying to get some eyeballs on their games. But um, I guess we got six games tonight to <laughs> to look at. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, in case you're here, I built a mathematical model that predicts that the spread and total should be for every Division One college basketball game. That information, along with a graded A, B, or C pick for each of today's games not covered in this episode, is available in the Google Sheet link in the show's description. A picks are the ones I love, B picks are the ones I like, and C picks are the leans. However, please remember, good and bad variants will occur, so as much as I'd like to say the model, we profitable each and every day that is an impossible reality for any gambler last night the model went five and five on this here podcast my picks went three and two jake you went two and two with two losses one by a, a half a point one depending on when you got it chattanooga covered or didn't i put one and a half up on the screen but on bet you actually had zero so that's like a yeah. a win and a lot to push it's a win and a loss right yeah. And, yeah. And, and gonzaga was wild last night they dominated that game were out 20 and just stopped playing and let san francisco get the backdoor cover i feel like you had the right side on that one and sometimes that happens in, in this business right you have it pegged and then all of a sudden things just fall apart at the end right yeah i'm not i'm not sure why san francisco didn't press the whole game gonzaga's weakness is their guards so and gonzaga and san francisco got a really good defense so i'm not sure why there wasn't trying to force that but uh they didn't and uh, came back to bite me it reminds me of we talked previously about that uh, lsu kentucky game when kentucky had no guards we were like why didn't lsu start that pressure defense a little bit earlier right you know a little bit in the first half you can't do it all all 40 minutes maybe but earlier in the second half is it starting to deploy why didn't you do it a little bit more and, and sometimes it, we don't know why the decisions are made but that kind of is what it is jake what's one thing we should know before we get started so uh, today is the last slow day till monday Right, so get all your weekly chores done. After this, it just gets steamrolling with great game after great game after great game, and some championships thrown in there. And it's just, yeah, today's the last day to get your chores done. Maybe do some meal prep for the week, right? You know, make the casseroles, go out in the grill if the weather's nice, right? Grill, you know, grill some chicken for the week. That way, you don't have to cook later, right? Yes, exactly. All right. A reminder about our schedule for the week. We will do an episode all seven days this week, including our first Sunday episode. We'll break down all of the conference championships that day. Also, help us get to 1,000 YouTube subscribers by the time the bracket's released, and we'll do a special bracket episode the Monday morning after uh, that comes out. So if you aren't already, please hit that subscribe button. Share with others. Help us out. We really do 
appreciate it. Uh, tonight, six conference championship games, one of them at an earlier time slot, kind of like we were talking about. You know, why not try to get some eyeballs on you? We're going to start off with this 4 p.m. Central game. I like that the Atlantic Sun's done this, right? There's there's a couple of maybe like an ACC game or something that's less interesting. But this one should get some eyeballs as opposed to cramming all of them together. Jacksonville at Bellarmine. Uh, Jacksonville is a three and a half point underdog. I'm going to start us off hot here with an A pick on Jacksonville plus three and a half. The model thinks it should be Bellarmine minus one. This is a true home game for Bellarmine. An interesting fact on this one, of course, is that Bellarmine wins this and does not get to go to the tournament as they are ineligible. Jacksonville goes if they win, and if they lose, then it reverts back to Jacksonville State. So this is a, a little bit of a confusing one here that a team not even playing for their conference championship uh, could make the tournament. So obviously Jacksonville State will be in there probably throwing things at the Jacksonville players uh, if they're allowed to. Uh, I love Jacksonville here. I love getting three and a half. I like them on the money line, too. I think this is a coin toss game. I think they're a better team than Bellarmine. The model is 10-2 backing Jacksonville. And they even got the eighth date of them last week. So I've, when the number's not been good to Jacksonville, I've gone the other direction of that hit. Uh, Bellarmine has outperformed my numbers, but not to the extent Jacksonville has. I think there's a lot to like here with Jacksonville. Jake, what do you have? Yeah, I'm, I'm with you with Jacksonville. They are the better, they are the better team than Bellarmine. Um, they're they're actually they're eight and five as an underdog with four outright outright wins. So I think they're gonna I think they'll add to that number today. Um, they're decent three-point shooting team they just don't shoot a lot they hit 35 percent on the year but only making it around five three so they're just not shooting a lot they take care of the ball i mean they're average on the year but here race recently in their last three they've improved to like nine 9.7 turnovers a game while uh while for, forcing no a little more than 10 so they're winning the turnover battle they guard the they're probably one of the best teams in the nation at guarding the three-point arc holding teams to 28 and a half percent on the year which is just really good, and especially in a tight game, if you can take away the three ball and make them score twos, that keeps you closer because math. Um, they, it's solid. They, it's true. They uh, refuted. Adds up. You know, <laughs> certain things out there in the world that you just can't yep. argue with. But um, with this like slow pace, it took Bellarmine, who won both matchups, and like we stated yesterday, and for it's really hard team to. It's really hard to beat a team three times in a row, and it took really great games out of uh, Fleming and Penn for Bellarmine to win. They they outscored their average by over 10 points for each of them. And so I don't think that happens again. Um, I think J Jacksonville State also didn't have their second leading scorer and leading uh, shot blocker on the floor for, that, for those games. So, like, I think he makes all the difference. They win the game. And right now they're projected, like, Jacksonville State's the projected 15 seed in most places. So I don't know. If they just everybody's assuming Bellarmine's going to win, so Jacksonville State gets to go, but no. I mean Bellarmine's favorite, so I guess that's probably the I guess way you play it. Yeah, yeah. and so I mean, uh, yeah, not, not not much after this for for either team. Yeah, yeah. So I've um, I really want Bellarmine to win this game just because March and, and chaos and you know, yeah, dumb, the, the, the insanity yeah. of it all <laughs> and, and dumb rules. Um, yeah. But I think it's yeah, it's going to be a very very hard one. They've gotten very lucky to to even get to this spot in general. Um, you know, Jacksonville has been good, very good on the defensive side of the ball. And you know, if Bellarmine can continue to to shoot as well as they have been, they'll definitely have a chance in this game. And and, and clearly, someone thinks they have a chance because they're the favorite in this game. Um, but yeah, I think Jacksonville um, really is the better team going into this one. Um, offensively and defensively, though, I, I think they they match up quite well. Um, but yeah, I, I'm, 
I think it should probably be about a pick them. I think it's really hard to, to pick a favorite um, at all in this game. So I like Jacksonville as well. And both of y'all talked about the defense. I think in the Jacksonville-Jacksonville State game, of course, two really good defensive teams. I think I took the over. It's a really low number. It's like 120. And I was like, that number's just too low, right? And it didn't even sniff it. I'm, I'm sitting there at the end of the game. It was tight. I'm like, this game gets to overtime. I still probably don't get the over. I probably need two overtimes. That just shows how good that Jacksonville defense is. I think that will be stifling and let them keep let them hang in there, and at that point, you're getting a lot of value taking those. Yeah, that's, that's another thing for those dumb rules that Chris was mentioning, right? So Jacksonville beats Jacksonville State in the tournament, but somehow yeah. doesn't get to go if even though they made the championship. That just doesn't make sense. But Yeah, but, yeah uh, definitely weird. Uh, at 6 p.m. Central, we've got Wagner at Bryant for another conference championship game. Bryant is a three-and-a-half-point favorite, and I'm going to sound like a broken record. Uh, but it's the same situation. I have Bryant should be a one-point favorite, so it's an A-pick for me. That's back-to-back A-picks here now on Wagner plus three-and-a-half. I think this should be a wild game. Bryant plays really fast. But the worst unit on this court is going to be their defense, so it's kind of an interesting strategy to try to play fast. I guess they're trying to hide how bad their defense is and kind of say, hey, if we give up fast break points, we can't stop them in the half court anyway, so maybe that's the strategy. I think this is a who-the-heck-knows game, lots of points in it. And so if you're getting three-and-a-half, I think that's a gift. It is another true road game. Uh, This is at Bryant. But I think uh, the line here of three-and-a-half implies that these teams are relatively similar. And I think that Wagner is the better team and can hang in there, I think, whether it's points or money line or split. I think it's just like that first game. I think the dogs are offering some value here in these first two games. Jake, what do you have for us? Yeah, I, I don't think Wagner. Uh, the numbers have caught up to what Wagner's doing in their recent run here. And like in their last three, they've moved their three-point percentage from twenty-nine to forty. They're making nine threes instead of five. They're turning it over at fourteen point two percent of their possessions instead of seventeen and a half. So they've really figured something out here. They're a good free throw shooting team, hitting a little over seventy percent. Um, and this is another really good. They've actually got a fairly good defense, especially like in their conference. It's a really, really good defense. Maybe not as a whole, but um, and they hold teams under thirty percent from beyond the arc. So, that getting points with them it seems to be a really good proposition. And they split the regular season matchups. Um, thing is, both teams have a very thin bench and at a fast pace. We'll see. Like I'm very, very surprised Bryant doesn't have a better bench, more the run like they do. But I think the Wagner's defense is enough to keep the game close, probably even win it. And this is an like for your bracket pool kind of deal. If you consider the playing games as part of it, right now this the winner of this game is projected to be in one of the playing games. So maybe keep an extra eye on this for that kind of scenario because obviously they're a 16 seed, not going too much farther. Yeah, I thought we were talking about yesterday, right? Depending on if there's a ton of upsets, they might get bumped to that 15 spot. But if not, then yeah, they would be a 16 for sure. And then just the question becomes, are they a 16 in the playing games or not? Uh, Chris, what's your take? Yeah, so I really wanted to take Bryant in this game, taking him a, a few times this season. And they're actually kind of a, a fun team to watch at times. Mm-hmm. Um, but the problem with this one, I think being at home has kind of made this spread too high, in my opinion. Um, I don't really see why Wagner should be, you know, three and a half point underdogs going into this game. Um, and while I do absolutely love this Bryant team, you know, they've only lost like one game since January 6th or something. It's an insane record or insane run that they went on. Um, 
it's just hard to 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 lay points like that um in the conference championship i i kind of just end up leaning the dog because you got two of the best teams in the conference anyway and, and it it feels like it's it's just going to be a very very competitive game um wagner's done a very good job shooting the ball this season and and i think they probably end up covering this one again yeah you make a good point there it's like the home court there's bumping this number out of extra like point or, or point and a half than it should be so there's there's value on the dog it's it, if you think it's gonna be a tight game and the and the spreads one or, or you know like chattanooga yesterday of course only one by one spreads one you know it's a little bit different but when it gets out to this number yeah i'm like you it's a kind of like a eh, just kind of default to the dog here it's two really good teams it's not like uh you know some of the ones later we'll talk about where it's like one team is drastically better than the other one. these teams are pretty even here uh so it should be a tight game i think there's a lot of value there on wagner at that same time slot 6 p.m uh the colonial athletic championship delaware versus uh, UNC Wilmington. UNC Wilmington is a uh, two-point underdog here with a total of 135. I'm thinking over 135. Most of my picks yesterday were unders. Most of my picks today is today are unders, uh, but that doesn't mean we want to blindly take every single under out there. I think this number is just too low. The model thinks 139, so a solid edge there. Uh, I've pegged both of these teams fairly accurate all season. Um, the model is penalizing for neutral court tourney effects, so I'm bringing the total down on that. Uh, I've got under on UNC Wilmington four times, lost all four, so I think being on the over is uh, uh, a better uh, feel for them, and I'm 9-5 and five on Delaware over, so I think 135 is not enough points, again, even factoring in the neutral court effect there. Uh, Jake, who wins this one? Uh, Delaware against UNC Wilmington. This is a scary one, but I'm leaning. I'm leaning Delaware here. Um, they've got a fairly good offense. Um, they're scoring 74, almost 75 points a game, um, and they're ranked 29th in effective field goal percentage. And they hit 34, 35 percent of the threes in between those two, making about seven to eight threes a game. Um, and they're a decent free throw shooting team, but have been struggling here recently. They've dropped from 74 and a half to 69 in their. Uh, past three games they can be a little sloppy at times and the, their defense is rough but they're improving um they guard the three-point art fairly well i mean the last three is kind of a skewed statistic because that says 16.4 percent but that's also a factor of who they played that not really great three-point shooting teams and uh, unc wilmington has won both the previous matchups one by seven and one by two, but they were able to hold Jameer Nelson uh, Jr. down uh, what, below his average. I think tonight he gets it going along with Dylan Painter, and they do enough to win this game and cover it. Um, and this is another one like the last uh, last one there. The play-in game is a 16 seed, so if your bracket bull considers that as extra bonus points or tiebreakers or something, that might be this is one to keep an eye on. Yeah, I uh, bet on this Delaware team last night when they were going up against Townsend, and the way they shot the ball at moments in that game was just absolutely insane. It seemed like they couldn't miss shots at times, and I mean, if they can do that again here tonight, I don't think they should have any problem. Um, offensively, they should have been a very, very strong team. I kind of agree with Jake on, on most of what he said. It, it all comes down to what their defense 
ends up doing in this game. Um, if they can play even decent basketball, I think they have a pretty good chance of winning this one. UNC Wilmington has kind of been a team that I have faded a lot this season, which hasn't necessarily been a, a profitable decision. Um, I'm, on, I'm in the same boat there with you. <laughs> yeah, but it's just the, the numbers just don't seem to add up, but yet they just keep covering, keep winning games. Um, it's a hard team to fade, but I think I got to do it again here. I'd really love this Delaware team and, and how they've shot the ball. So um, I'm on Delaware in this one. I'm with you. You got to trust your numbers on that one. And you know, talked about the defenses, of course. Uh, according to Ken Palm, both these teams are above average offenses and below average defenses. So it surprises me that this number, this total is coming down, uh, given the way that both teams can struggle defensively. And I'm with you. I think whoever shows up defensively is going to have a better opportunity to win. But I think that uh, both of them showing up defensively seems unlikely, given what we've seen from these two teams. And then shifting to the uh, later time slot here, 8 p.m. Central, a game that will feature a team that should the favorite win will not be one of those playing games in South Dakota State, is a five-point favorite there at that neutral site against North Dakota State. Total of 154. Jake mentioned especially some of these totals in the Summit games get a lot of fun. South Dakota State and North Dakota State just could not miss last night. If both those teams come out hitting like that, this game's going to get probably into the 200s. I think South Dakota State could have easily scored well over 100 last night if they wanted to, but they didn't need to. North Dakota State put up 90. Um, I don't see North Dakota State um, shooting above 60% again, and I think that South Dakota State is just a much better team. So I have another A play for you, A play on South Dakota State minus five. The model thinks it should be seven and a half. Models 3-0-1 oh, on A plays of South Dakota State. The numbers been spot on for them, and North Dakota State is actually under on numbers. So I think there's a lot to like here. I think South Dakota State is done. I love the number at five because if it is close, then fouls have an easy chance to take us outside of that number. So I think South Dakota State is the way you want to look on this one. Jake, what is your opinion? Yeah, I'm totally in on this South Dakota State team. They are just an incredible offense. Shoot the ball at an unreal clip, and then it's consistent, right? They shoot 44.3 from the three-point arc on the year, and then their last three and their last five, they're right around that 44 number. They're just constantly right there. They're making eight to nine a game and sometimes more, and I don't think North Dakota State has the defense to really even get in their way. Um, and the South Dakota State team is just one of the most fun teams to watch because they score like crazy. Defense is an afterthought, but they just it's – they're just a lot of fun to watch. Um, and I really don't understand the line being at five. They beat North Dakota State by 16 twice. I don't, I'm not sure why we went all the way down to five, but I'll take it, take your wins where you can get them. Yep. Chris. Yeah, and I, I actually watched both of these regular season games between these two teams. And um, I'm going to go on the other side a little bit. North Dakota State, while at moments didn't look great, um, actually played – a couple of, of competitive moments in those games. Um, sure, it's going to take the, their best game here to um, to go and get it. But um, I really do like how this North Dakota State team has been playing. Um, I think that I wish it was a little higher than five. It, it does make it a little harder play there. Um, and, and right, South Dakota State is, is so good shooting the basketball. Offensively, they're, they're a hard team to get through. Um, but defensively, they leave some some openings and, and they leave opportunities for North Dakota State. If North Dakota State could, like you said, shoot as well as they did last night, um, they can definitely stay in this game. Um, granted, that that's not an easy task by any means. Um, but in general, I think this game is probably just going to stay close. I think 
South Dakota State could potentially um, let it get close at the end. Um, and I and I just really like back in this North Dakota State team. So um, not, less of a numbers play on this one and, and more of a um, what I saw in the first two games, which maybe isn't the, the smartest way to take it. Um, but I do like North Dakota State in this game. You bring up an interesting point, though. It is tough to try to rectify the matchups and what happened in the previous games versus having data on all 30-ish games, right? You can't overweight or underweight either one. And it's a tough balance to strike because sometimes it is about the matchups and you say this happened before and it's going to happen again. And the other games, you know, matter less. Other times you say, yeah, that was just kind of a fluke here. You have to look at the overall body work. It's a, it's a tough balance to strike. Uh, so it's like we all think that South Dakota State's the better team. The question is just how much do they win by? I'm like you, if this number was out in the 7-8 range, then you're a little bit more worried about how the late game will go. But at five, I just think that five offers a lot of value there. Um, on South Dakota State personally. Uh, and then at that same time slot here, 8 p.m. Central, St. Mary's versus Gonzaga. Gonzaga's a 13.5 point favorite with a total of 142. Believe it or not, I have four A plays for you today on games that we're talking about. It's an A play on St. Mary's plus 13.5. This line is, I'm going to call this the dumbest line of the night. And that does not mean that Gonzaga can win, win, by, win, up, win by 20 because we have seen Gonzaga beat anybody by that score, no matter how good they are. The model thinks it should be nine and a half, and that 10 number seems about right. They let San Francisco back in it. St. Mary's has a better defense than San Francisco does. The model's 2-0 and on A plays of St. Mary's. St. Mary's covered the first two times. They've over for my numbers more than Gonzaga has. I've faded St. Mary's 15 times this year. So you can't say that I have a bias to picking St. Mary's. There's nothing in, in the numbers that would indicate that. Gonzaga, I've played them five times and faded them seven, so there's no bias there. This number just doesn't make any sense to me. Um, we've seen that Gonzaga has the ability to hang in there with this Gonzaga team. They got that win, which was incredible. Um, that doesn't mean that I think they'll get the win again, but there are so many ways that they can cover this 13 and a half number. I just don't understand this. And I want to point out one thing. I mentioned that I had just come from a sports analytics conference this weekend. There were people there from sports books who, uh, work on the programming teams to make the numbers that they post. And I asked this question specifically related to this game. I asked them, I said, I asked the guy, I said, how much are you concerned with pegging the number perfectly accurate versus knowing what people's perceptions are? And without hesitation, he said, we want to make the number as accurate as possible. He said, in general, we think if we make a more accurate number, even if people's perceptions are off and we have 80% of the money on one side, he said, in general, we know we're going to lose that sometimes, but there's enough volume on enough games that we're going to win in the long run. He said, we're only concerned about making the number accurate, which blows my mind is why this is 13 and a half. So I, I say all that to say, I don't think this is, a, people People like to come up with narratives and people are going to say, oh, they're just making it that high because they're begging you to take St. Mary's. I don't, I think that, I think it's a false narrative. I think they actually think the number should be 13 and a half and it, makes no sense to me. I think the St. Mary's team is good enough to hang in there and not get the doors blown off of them. Doesn't mean they won't, but I think if you play this game 10 times, I think St. Mary's covers that easily, six of them. Jake, I know you're on the opposite side, so I'll let you give your Gonzaga spiel, and then Chris, you'll get to be our tiebreaker here. So Jake, why are you laying the number with Gonzaga? I, I like Gonzaga. They've got they're the more talented team. They've got the be best two, maybe two and a half players on the floor with Chet Holmgren and Drew Timmy. Um, like I just I don't think St. Mary's can get lightning in a bottle twice and, and get this game where they need it to be. I think Gonzaga's going to come out mad, especially last night. Mark, if Mark Few doesn't light a fire under the butts for the for this game and like with the loss and how they let San Francisco come back in, 
Gonzaga's going to be in some trouble when it comes into March. I mean, they're obviously going to make the tournament, but I mean that that means they 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 are struggling at the end of games if the, if they let it happen again. And I, I don't think he's going to do that. I think they're going to keep their foot down and do it. They're going to take complete advantage of the whole uh, Chet Holmgren and Timmy matchup where they can just stretch you out or let, even let them dribble the ball up the floor if they need to. Um, they get a, if they get a decent game out of their guards like Nimhart if he scores a little bit more than his average, I think St. Mary's is going to have a really tough time scoring enough to keep up. They've, you're right. They have a great defense, and it's incredible. It's just that offense. They really need a slow pace, and I think Gonzaga is going to control the pace and just run up and down. And it's going to be the everything St. Mary's doesn't want it to be. All right, yeah. tiebreaker. <laughs> <laughs> this one and this one's a hard one to to break the tie on. Um, when I first started looking at it, I thought because I didn't know the spread at the time, I had Gonzaga, yeah, around ten, and I'm like, oh yeah, I like Gonzaga at that number. And then it comes out at thirteen and a half, um, and it becomes a really hard number to take Gonzaga on. Um, St. Mary's, you know, obviously makes this game really interesting since they outright won um, that, that final game of the season, um, and, and Gonzaga really didn't look good in that game. You know, like you said, they they blew it last night against San Francisco late. Um, and this Gonzaga team, I mean, when they're playing their best basketball, they're the best team in the country. Um, they have the ability to blow out most teams in the country. Um, but, you know, St. Mary's, if they show up, and we've seen them do that before, and, and when they shut down um, Gonzaga, they they have a chance. You know, if St. Mary's defense, I think, is, is the real question mark in this game, um, if they show up, I, I really think um, they have a good chance. Um, and like it's 13 and a half, yeah, like you said, it's it, it feels like a weird number, and, and going against Gonzaga is, is hard in some of these West Coast Conference games, even in the, the conference tournament game. Um, but it's just too many points, in my opinion. It, it's too far off where I thought it would be. I got to take St. Mary's in this one. Yeah, yeah like I said, the, the bottle makes it Gonzaga minus 9.5. And if you said 9.5, 10, if you even said 10.5, I would have said that seems right. Uh, you, you don't want to be against – you don't want to go against Gonzaga unless you've got a really, really good team or you're getting a lot of points. and. 13 and a half is just a lot of points here. Uh, I think last night was only the third game all season that St. Mary's had allowed more than 70 points. Even if they allow 75 to Gonzaga, they still got a good chance to cover it. If they keep Gonzaga below 70, they will cover the number. Even if they lose, they won't lose by uh, more than 14. Uh, and that brings us to the segment that you don't want to disagree with Jake on. The formerly known as Solo Jake. We're throwing some new names around for this one. Uh, I'm going to see if I can get someone uh, to laugh on it here. I'm calling it today. I'm calling it blindly tail Jake's tail because you don't want to do anything else in these segments here. Wright State versus Northern Kentucky, the last conference championship game that we have not talked about so far. 6 p.m. Central Northern Kentucky is a one-point favorite. Jake, model doesn't have really a strong play on either the side or the total, so this has been your specialty. Which way should we be looking in this one? Who wins between Wright State and Northern Kentucky? But don't don't fall in love with this Northern Kentucky team with what they did last night. All right, Wright State's the play here. They are a very good team. They're the better team in this scenario. This Northern Kentucky team got really lucky last night, and that uh, I can't remember who they played off the top of my head, but they could not. Oh, Purdue Fort Wayne could not score at all. They just they were airballing layups and things that from their leading scorer got four points or something like that. So it wasn't that they were forcing them into it. It was Purdue couldn't score. Um, Wright State is a better offense than Purdue Fort Wayne. They've got the 87th ranked effective field goal percentage team, um, and that's gone up quite to 52 in their last three games. They're not a great three-point shooting team, but in their last three, they're improving and hitting almost 40%. 
instead of the 32 and giving them an extra three, three and a half a game. They're a really good free throw shooting team, hitting like hitting around 76% of their free throws uh, on the year, hitting 79 in their last three. So like with a short number, that can, becomes really important. Um, they're not a great defense by any metric. Um, they guard the three-point arc very well. Um, allow, it's, and once again, I think this is more of a factor of who they play, but in their last three, they're only allowing 18.4%. So it's probably somewhere in the middle. Um, it's probably closer to that low 30s number, uh, maybe high 20s and not 18. But if it, but 18 is a real nice number if, uh, <laughs> if they can keep it down there. Um, I think they lost both the previous uh both the previous matchups, but um, they couldn't get both their leading scores on the same page. Um, but now Holden and Basile are averaging over 18 in the tournament since that started going, and I think they keep that going. I think they both show up tonight, and they get the win. Yeah, I think I'm going to have to default to Jake on this one. This game was probably the, the hardest for me to come up with a side on um, in all these conference tournament games or all these conference championship games, rather. Um, both of these teams I've bet against a lot this season, um, and it never ended well. I, I don't know why I kept doing it. I, I kept just fading them for some reason. Um, but I, it, it's it's so hard to choose a side in this one, in, in my opinion. They both played well. Um, you know, they both have a, some some weaknesses, some, some, <laughs> some positives going into this game. Um, Overall, though, yeah, I, I just got to go with Jake on this one. If he's taking Wright State, I'm going with him. I like Wright State. <laughs> I think that I think that makes a lot of sense here. Uh, I have, have actually have backed both of these teams a combined 13 times, and I'm one in one in 12. Oh, really? <laughs> so, yeah, this is why I said this is one that I don't have anything extra. So I'm like you. I'm just going to default to Jake here. Jake's on Wright State. I'm on Wright State. I like it. Wright State's playing a little bit better, I will say, also as the season's gone along because they were kind of the disappointment we expected a little bit more for for them from them. Early on, they were a little, uh, a little bit down, and now they've kind of come back, um, gotten to be more where we thought they might be. So if they if they do win this one, they're a team that I'm really interested to see how they do in the tournament. See if this, uh, you know, is kind of real and they actually get back to kind of their form from last year. And that takes us to our buzzer beater segments. I have no more A plays. I've used them all up, all four of my A plays today. So I have no more A plays. Uh, but Chris, you have a buzzer beater that you want to talk about. So I'm going to hand the floor over to you. Yeah, so my favorite game today, Fairfield minus two and a half, taking on Kinesis. Um, you know, Fairfield did win both of these regular season matchups between these two teams. They were both very low scoring games. I think it was a six and a four point win. Um, but Fairfield's just a team that doesn't have a huge edge, but they have a, a slight edge in pretty much every category going into this game. Um, Kinesis has really struggled to shoot the ball. Um, Fairfield shot the ball pretty well. Um, Kinesis has really just kind of been that underwhelming team. The, the Fairfield defense has been fairly strong. Not great, but, um, you know, for a, a MAC team, um, it, it's, it's been good enough. Um, and really, I just I, th I think this spread um, is too low for Fairfield. Um, it feels, yeah, a little bit like a, a dangerous picket at times. Um, both these teams I have, have concerns with with certain areas. Neither one of them is a great basketball team. I mean, they both have losing records. Um, but I do like Fairfield in this matchup. Um, overall, like I said, I think they're just a stronger team across the board. Have a little bit of an edge. I like them minus two and a half. 
Although Chris, I have to point out, I feel like you need to say that extra A, right? It's it's not the it's not that they're a Mac team, they're a Mac team. Right? Yeah, yeah, the Mac. There's two yeah. A's there, right? It's because because we have if we didn't have a, an MAC already, be different. But having an MAC and an AAC, it's like how do you say how do you emphasize it's the MAAC? Like I don't that sounds even worse, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I never I never know what to say for their conference. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Someone probably someone drop in the comment like someone probably knows like this is how you're supposed to say it. Someone let us know so that we can we can be educated and, and learn ourselves. Uh, Jake, I think you've got a buzzer feeder for us. Well. Yeah, yeah, I, I like this Manhattan team. I think we've got the wrong team favored. I'm personally playing the money line with them because um, it's plus one, but having points is never a bad thing. So I like Manhattan plus one in this. Um, but then I like 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 yesterday. I'm gonna give out a little some long shot futures here with some of these tournaments to start tomorrow. Um, like Richmond has moved up to a thousand. I think they're a very good team, so they're at a plus thousand to win the tournament. Like I said, these are long shots, so don't go all in on them or anything. Like obviously, it's just something to put on, something to cheer for while you're watching the games. You know, maybe make a little money in the end. Um, so like Richmond plus a thousand for the A10. I like TCU. They've shown they can beat Kansas. They've had some really good wins. They've got a really good defense. They're plus sixteen hundred to win win this Big Twelve. So they, if they can get through maybe a game or two and then you know maybe Baylor or whoever they're running into and then towards the championship is fully trying for it and they they can grab it um and then the big east i've got two for you i've got seton hall who if they get healthy they are one of the better teams in the uh big east but if they're not uh, they're at plus 1600 so something to keep an eye out and then st john's getting to basically play at home with Champagne and Posh Alexander is a really good one to watch out for. They've been playing well recently, and they're plus 2,700 right now. Um, and then Michigan is – this is probably my favorite long shot that's going out there right now. With the Big Ten, nobody really wants to win it. Um, you know, and, <laughs> and Michigan's playing well here at the end. And so they're plus 2,100 to win it all right now. They've got a really good player in Hunter Dickinson. If Caleb Houston starts shooting the ball well, he keeps shooting the ball well. I think they stand a really good chance to pull it off. And then probably the most volatile team on this list is going to be Alabama. If their threes are going in and they can push the pace, they could easily win the tournament like they beat Gonzaga and Houston. Or they can be upset in the very first one because they forget how to play defense and can't shoot the ball. So it's very risky. They're plus 1,600, but I'm taking a chance on them because I think they might get hot. All right, and that is all we have for you today. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Picks with the Professor. Reminder, check out that Google Sheet for picks on all of today's games not covered in this show. If you've not yet, click that subscribe button to get a new episode every weekday and Saturdays. And this week, Sunday, during the season here, dropped right into your feed. Check out Chris. Again, his information is in the description on Twitter and on YouTube at Hot Tip Bets. We'll see you tomorrow. Until then, remember, if you need your betting money, please don't bet your eating money.